Here we go. It is the BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com, brought to you as always by our good friends at the Holy Grail. Sunday, Super Bowl. Sounds like a perfect time to head down to the banks. They'll have the TVs going throughout the banks. Big time party. Make the Holy Grail home base as you're getting ready for and watching the game on Sunday. I'm sure we'll get to uh, to the game at the end of the show. I know Dave's excited. He's uh, getting ready to fly out tomorrow to La La Land, soaking up some sun. Are you, are you packing light, Dave? Do you, do, you, do you have easy access to your summer clothes? Because apparently it's hot as hell in L.A. right now. Yeah, I'm not actually looking forward to that. Like, I want it to be warm, but not like 90. Yeah, I mean, the thing with LA is... I don't need a heat advisory. (laughs) The thing with LA is, as long as you're by the beach, it's not bad. Well, we're not by the beach. The game's not by the beach, right. The game's not by the beach. And like, Monday or Tuesday, we're there till Tuesday. We leave early Tuesday morning. I think Tuesday or Wednesday, it drops to like, great weather to leave ohio for 78 degrees and sunny even even lower like high 60s low 70s like so what la typically is like in february yeah which would be perfect to watch a football game at but now i'm going to be sweating my ass off well it's inside it's in a canopy it's not in a dome it's open air stadium yeah but i mean you're protected from the sun i mean you're in the shade but it's still i mean it's still gonna be warm but um but yeah, should be. I've got all sorts of fun things planned. Different uh, places to go. See if we can run into some celebs. We'll we'll be going out with some celebs or us celeb while we're there. So and and you, like you're you know you're a well. I'm not the cel- I'm not the celeb. I mean. The- <laughs> I've not been in uh, a television show or a major motion picture, so I, I can't count yeah, myself as a celeb. You're the co-host of one of the most successful podcasts <laughs> in greater Cincinnati. One of the most so. successful Cincinnati Bearcat podcast in Ohio. We, we are the most successful Cincinnati Bearcat podcast. I think overall we're in the top 10 in the city, it would be yes. my guess. But so, no, I'm, you know, I'm, you're I'm a excited. local celebrity. I'm excited. <laughs> I imagine. I imagine. I'm sure Pops is uh, pretty excited as well. So yeah. uh, we'll get to that later, I'm sure, as uh, we get through the show. There's uh, there's not a ton going on right now, but we'll we'll figure out a way to milk a show out of it, right? <laughs> I think we can talk about a couple things. You uh, since it was the the most, do you want to do most recent first or start from the back and work forward? Dealer's choice, whatever you want. Since it's your expertise, we'll talk Senior Bowl. We'll, All right, we'll start. We'll start there first. Uh, we talked a little Monday. People have gotten my thoughts on it, but I'm sure they're interested in Draft Guy Dave and his uh, his overall thoughts on the Bearcats and uh, their week at the Senior Bowl. Uh, let's see. I would just start off by saying that everyone had a good week, which is really 
all you want to do. You want to start the process off on a good, good note. Um, and everyone did that. The second thing is that unless you have an abject disaster performance, the game itself means virtually nothing in the evaluation process. Um, right, because it's it's so random and choppy and right. I mean, you're, sub, you're subbing guys in and out. Like offensive line play is always an issue. I remember when the Bengals were the coaches there recently, and they had like guys getting hurt. Guys were playing every single snap, moving all over the place just to get guys looks at other positions. Like it's it's a mess from an offensive line standpoint. So. Well, it's you, you obviously want to play well. The days leading up to the game are infinitely more important than yeah. what you do in the game itself. Um, but it was still nice to see, you know, Des play well. I thought Majay played really well. Um, so it's it's a great first step, and then you get. All those guys plus Brian Cook invited to the combine, and we're we're on our way. But uh, I, you know, starting with 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 Dez's week, you know, we kind of, last time we were were on, we were kind of like at the midway point of the week, and he did a, pretty much exactly what I expected. Got progressively better as the week went on, and then in a live setting. I felt like him again, it's hard to compare because like Malik Willis played well, but a lot of his stuff I felt was because he had to run around and that, you know, shows off a lot of his natural ability. Whereas Des, they ran the ball a lot with Des and gave him some, some good, you know, some pretty easy throws to tight ends, which he still did very well on bootlegs and did throw one really nice, um, Layered, layered throw kind of over the linebackers in front of the safeties. But I thought him, Willis, and Kenny Pickett were kind of the three quarterbacks that I think stood out the most in the game itself. Um, it's going to, like, not to – the hand size thing is, is always something to laugh at. But with, with Pickett – it's starting well and here's the thing is like he could he he could have just got his hand measured it would have been talked about being small for a week and then it would have been over with by not right. doing that it's now like a talking point is going to carry on to the combine when he gets it measured at the combine will be the story of the day whenever that is but, like, you know, we can laugh at all these things, but, like, there are benchmarks and thresholds that are that turn out to be true. And whether it's hand size, arm length, like, you know, PFF does a great job of kind of showing you what that means. Like, there's a DB from Auburn that I'd like, Roger McCreary. His arm's measured in under 30 inches. There's been, like, Five DBs in the last, I don't even know how many years, to start on the outside with arms under 30 inches, and none of them are, are really any good. 
So we can like laugh at some of these, like, oh, his hand is eight and a half inches or whatever. But like, there's data backing up those things, and like Pickett's it's is, like, like the, the the outside tackle thing, like their their arm right, size, their arm length, yeah. yeah. But like Pickett's hand is like crazy small. Like, and there's something his thumb is all his, his thumbs up. are double jointed, so it when it doesn't it like comes in instead of like you know how you can flex your hand out and like stretch right. it out because it's like double jointed his thumb like bends in a little bit and that's why he wears the gloves and like I mean it's well under nine inches which is the basically like the 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 bottom line where teams are like they you know start to worry. He also had like 36 fumbles in his career. So it's a factor. <laughs> exactly. So I'm interested to see how much it becomes a factor because I think Des will continue to build off of what he did. And and we feel like he'll – we talked about it last week. It's a scouts versus coaches type thing. But I still think that – who I think the number one quarterback thing is still wide open. Like Malik Willis has tantalizing – physical traits he throws the ball i mean not that this thing matters that much but like his velocity was measured at almost 10 miles an hour faster than josh allen's yeah he can sling it and he's he doesn't know he doesn't know where it's going well he's a truck in the lower body like he's soup but he's a work in progress he played for gus malzahn and hugh freeze those offenses don't translate at all to the nfl Right. And he wasn't great this year either. Like, if you're going to play, if you're going to draft him in the first round, like, like, there's a rumor going around that, like, the Steelers love Malik Willis. I'm like, God damn it, I hope so. <laughs> like, draft him and play him right away because he is not ready. Like, that, all those offenses that he has been in, he is not ready to play. And I'm not, I mean, Kenny Pickett and Dez are probably the most ready, but I'm still, but, like, neither of them I look at and are like, yeah, throw them in there and we can be successful. Like, they need to, right. they need some time. They need to be in good situations. Like, you want to get drafted high, but as a quarterback, would you rather go, you know, 11 to Washington or go in the second round to Atlanta and be behind Matt Ryan for a year and have an offensive coordinator that is a really good play caller and, can really you know enhance your game but i still think it's wide open like i don't i think it's gonna be a a soup du jour type of thing and none of them i mean i look at this gonna fall in love with des i look at this just objectively not from a uc like i'll talk about the uc guys but i'm looking at this from like a big draft perspective like draft twitter guy or whatever I wouldn't take any of them in the first round. But that's not how this works. Exactly. So you have your teams that are desperate, but but I guess, you know, but that's what the thing is. Is like, okay, so you take take one and like that to your trotting out as your Joe Burrow. Like, look what the Bengals did. They drafted Joe Burrow. Now, granted, obviously no one thinks any of these guys like Right. But that's but what using your first round pick on your court on a quarterback right. is using your first round pick on a quarterback. Exactly. And I still think Des could be the first quarterback taken. 
I don't think it's crazy. And I think like for me, this was the part that we were not sure about was the senior bowl week, the practices, like the game, like, you know, would he be consistent with his arm and not hurt himself in these, in this process? This was the time where if he was going to hurt himself, it would have happened here because he's going to run a fine 40. He's going to look great at the combine. He's going to look great at pro day throwing to his guys. Right. He's going to be a, you know, he's going to go through the interview process and ace it because that's his personality. That's who he is. So like this was probably the big, for me at least, and you might disagree. This was his biggest hurdle was going down there and being picked apart for four or five days. And he came out of it with a lot of people going, he might be, might be the number one guy. Yeah. I just think there's like, and it's kind of the draft this year as a whole, there is not, whether it's quarterback or just the, the front end of the draft, there is not like a slam dunk consensus number one pick right now. Um, Right. I mean, it's Hutchison, right? I mean, Maybe in a in a I I, I don't want to go down too far down this road, but in a draft where there's no like lock, doesn't he seem like the most sure thing? Like effort and I mean size and productivity. If it's if I'm Jacksonville, I'm taking Evan Neal. But that's still like a okay, like we. We took a tackle. We have a quarterback we need to protect. We need to, like, like Hutchinson is fine, but, like, he's not a Watt and he's not a Bosa. So, like, are you, is he really the number one or number two pick? Or is it just that there's a lot of good players, but there's no, like, yeah, that we're, we know right now this dude in two years, He's a is an all pro, all pro, pro bowl, whatever you want to say. Like, he's an impact dude. Like, he is, he's a foundational piece for our franchise. Like, top five picks are Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Herbert. Like, these are foundational dudes that you're like, we cannot screw this up. This guy will be great. And I don't know if there's any of those guys in that I could say in this draft like where you are just positive like yep we can't screw it up so that leads it to just teams picking very niche players and that's how you get des possibly being like the number one the first quarterback off the board yeah because a team will just teams will just go we think this guy's just a really solid good football player and he fits what we do. And we don't give a shit if every other team has X player uh, with a, you know, one C grade. He fits us at pick 13. I'm not, I'm not using Des as an example, but I'm just saying like how it's, how I think it's going to go. You're right. just going to, it's just, there's not that huge crop of, what I would call like, you know, blue chip difference maker guys. And right. So what we, it's what we've talked about. Just, just takes one team to fall in love and 
you know, have an offensive coordinator or a head coach buy into the experience and the winning and the leadership and all the intangibles and and says the fundamentals are there. Like, I mean, everybody talks about his mechanics are the best. His motion is repeatable. It's, you know, he does everything you want him to do. It's not like he's got sloppy feet or he's dropping his elbow. Like, it's all there. So a coach might say, yeah, I can, we can get him a couple percentage points better in accuracy. And we like all these other things enough that that doesn't matter as much. Right. Uh, what about everybody else? Um, my Jay, dude, is just like, it's funny when you watch these guys not play for UC anymore. And you totally understand why UC does what they do. But then I watch Mize in a four-man front, and I just go, like, he's 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 a four he's a four-man yeah. down defensive end, and he, you know, sucked it up for the team to beat all these spread tempo offenses. But like that dude, I mean, he's gonna come in somewhere and and come in as your situational pass rusher. And and do what he does. Guess snap counts, stand up, and just whip right tackles. Yeah. You're not as worried after watching him through the week about handling guards and the the lower body? I mean, it's still a bit of a concern. Like, when he went up against Darian Kirkland, he got stalemated uh, you know, quite a few times. But... He's, you know, but he's he's got a lot to learn, too. I mean, he's been playing in a three-down. He's going to probably go to a four-down. He's got to work on his secondary moves. He can't just beat everybody with pure speed. He does do well translating speed to power. Like, he'll jolt you in the chest, but it's just a different game. Like, you're jolting a 6'6", 320-pound, 29-year-old right. in the chest who will, you know, you'll jolt him, he'll step back, but then he'll re-anchor. So when he re-anchors, what are you going to do? This isn't like hitting a a 19 or 20-year-old from Tulsa or from South Florida. Like, it's just, you're going to have to, that's that's why he's going to have to gain some more weight. Is he's just knocking, like, yeah, he'll, he'll knock him back, but they'll be like, all right, I took your best, your initial punch, and, now I've I've reset and now what are you gonna do? Because now my you know 36 inch arms are just keeping you away and you don't have another move. You don't have a swim or you don't have a spin. Cause he really never had to do it. Right. He's his spin move's pretty good. It is, but you know, you just gotta refine those things. It's just like any, I mean, these are young dudes. They're not coming in, you know, they're not coming in with every tool in the toolbox so but i just look at the value of those positions it is a deep defensive line draft but i mean he he shot up with all of the biggest name guys there and and i'm like 
I just like for me, I want to see the flash plays. Like I don't care if he didn't get sacks in the game and stuff like that. It's it because they're gonna go back and watch the reps and go, this dude won his rep, you know, however much percent of the time and forced a sack. Maybe he didn't get the sack, but he forced a sack. Or he well, forced... You can't win your rep unless you get the sack, Dave. That's your philosophy, right? You can't play well unless you get the result. That's not how it works. Sure it is. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, no, no. We've had this conversation before. The the play doesn't work unless different, you get the result. Different sport. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> different sport. Uh, but no, about, I think he's he's part he'll I think he's day second round probably solid, solid second round. Somewhat I mean just depends on how these DNs come off the board. Uh Beavers. Did how much did it help him that they weren't allowed to blitz? That he actually like had to show how good he was in coverage and kind of coverage and sideline to sideline. Yeah. I mean, I think he had a, he didn't like jump out to me, but he, I mean, I noticed him a couple times where he had good coverage on, on some plays. He did all like, again, linebacker in an all-star game. Like he did all his work in the drills when it's just one-on-one. So, you know, I think, I I think he's he's very he's it's weird he's versatile but he's very he's not for he's not going to be for everybody he's you know he's going to be very scheme specific so it's hard it's hard to say like right off the top where you where you would project that because it just depends on what how many teams are there that are are looking for someone like him and then do they need someone like him i mean i think i think he's a third round guy um i think the testing is important to back up what people think they see if they see this six whatever 250 260 pound guy out there running around covering running backs making plays this year. Now we want to see that athletic ability, like right. in numbers, in short shuttle, three cone drill. Like what's your explosion? What's your broad jump? What's your uh, vertical stuff like that? Which we know like those numbers are good for him. Yeah. He just needs to, to verify it. Right. The, the tape has like the, the testing the has carpet to, has to match the drapes. Yes, the testing has to match the, <laughs> the tape because you you get it both ways. You watch a guy, and you might love him on tape, and then he tests poorly, and you're like, "Well, I got to go back and watch this. Like, what was I seeing?" Because you know, we and we'll t- I'll tweet it out because there's so many of those guys at the combine, like the um, what's it called, the spark number or whatever. Yeah. Um, like you'll, you know, you want to be in a green, whatever. I think it's 9.0 or higher, but like, you know, you could love a guy and then he tests poorly. And so you need to go back and see, you know, what that means or vice yeah. versa. Guys test out of this world who maybe you didn't love their tape. 
So maybe you would need to go back and go, okay, well, how is he being used? Was he being used almost not like an Amaje? Was he being used wrong? But like, was he being used for the better for the betterment of his college team winning games when we're going to use him like this? Right. And these numbers back back up what we plan on doing. So it's not as much about the tape because he was this player was being used how they needed to use him so that they could win football games. It felt like Kobe had a big week. Kobe had a big week. His his game wasn't great. Um, the one double again, move got him. The, the The pass interference was such bullshit. I mean, it was it was pass interference. You got to turn around and locate the ball. Like that happens the all the time. The ball was underthrown by thirty yards. It still <laughs> happens. You can't just keep running into the receiver. I mean, it's a bad luck type play, but it's not like it was a bad call. Um, but it, again, it was. Like that doesn't matter. <laughs> no. Um, you know, his testing is going to be important. Uh, you know, I think he had a good week. Obviously, like the players voted him as the best corner on on his team. So Third, fourth round, you think with him? I think so. Again, it's just corners are weird too. Corner, like, what do you play? Do you play yeah. a lot of press man? Do you play a lot of? You know, do you play too deep? Like, what what do you do and what are you looking for? Yeah. You know, it's you – know, that's the thing. I In the Twitter mentions, I always get like, oh, I hope the Bengals draft this guy, that guy. And I don't really – I don't want to like – I don't really respond because I don't want to come off as like I'm being negative. It's just very – it's very, very specific. Like, would I like some of these guys for the Bengals? Sure. But, like, tell me who else is available. <laughs> like – right. If it's somebody else that we like, the Bengals need much more than you know. Then maybe it doesn't work out. But his testing is going to be important. You've got to back up the stuff on tape. Um, the explosion. I want to his his important part will be his short area quickness numbers. Yeah, because. Okay. With the way that the NFL, like you, most people that listen to this either, are either fans of or watch the Bengals because they're the local team. Like, you go five wide and you go quick game. Is he is he quick enough in that short area to break on on the ball against a Jamar Chase type player? Right. So you know, again, three cone, short shuttle. His 10-yard split in the 40. Um, like, I'm not as concerned about his long-range running um, as I as I would be of his his short yardage stuff. I really wish Brian Cook – well, Kobe probably, what, third, fourth round? Fourth yeah, round? I think so. I, I feel like that I, – I feel like, you know, top one – right around the top 100 – his speech at the Thorpe Award was outstanding. I have not gotten to watch that video yet. It was really, really good. You could tell it like he didn't have a script. He wasn't reading. Just kind of went from the heart. And uh, he did a really, really good job with that. And it, it gives you kind of a look at like why he was such a leader. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing, too, is, you know, 
you get into these third, fourth round, Kobe can play special teams, mm-hmm. and he's a great leader. Beavers will play special teams. Cook will play special teams. Pierce will play. Pierce will be. Pierce, Pierce, Pierce will can, be your gunner. Pierce can walk in the door and be your fourth wide receiver and your gunner. And you he can probably feel, will wherever he goes. Right. That's what I'm saying. And you can feel good about that. Like, right. That's the thing is all of these guys, if you, unless you're a very specific player or drafted in the first round, like, there's only 53 guys on the act on the roster. Like you're going to have to play special teams. How Ford played a ton of special teams and he kind of like demanded it. That right. First year. I mean, like these guys will, that, that will boost them up on draft boards. Like can play special teams. Like it's a vital part. Like roster management is such a bigger deal in the NFL. You just don't have the bodies. Right. So every one of these guys, I mean, Sauce isn't going to play teams and Dez isn't going to play teams. Every one of my is going to have to play teams. Like for sure, whether it's just kickoff return, kickoff coverage, stuff like that. Like your, your fourth or fifth, like your specialty rush end is not only playing those. What? 10, 15, 20 snaps. snaps a game. Probably not. Yeah. I wish Cook was there because I think Cook would have had a, a really – I wish game. he was there so I could, could – could so he could have been on the field with Jalen Petrie to see who – because I think he's like the one of the best safeties in the country from Baylor, and he had a, he had a real nice week. And I just would have liked to have seen those two guys together. It's kind of yeah. just like a – not a who was better or worse, but just – you know, how they both did. Uh, Pierce and Ford, obviously Ford, we learned. That's a uh, wild, wild story. Uber to New Orleans, flight to Jacksonville, make it in time for the birth of your daughter. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a busy 24 hours. Yeah, that was, uh, and that was, I mean, obviously great that, (laughs) great reason to not be there. Yeah. But, like, both teams were not shy about running the ball. So he definitely would have gotten some A lot of touches. And probably would have had one of those because it's an all-star game. He catches a seam and (laughs) he's sprinting past everybody. Yeah. Um, And Pierce, I I thought he did enough in his first couple days showing his that he's actually got short area quickness and he's more than just – you know, put him outside and and run the nine. Yeah, he he did. He accomplished what you're what you're what you go down there to accomplish. I mean, like I said, the game is the game. It's fun to watch, but it's it's very you know you got NFL Network guys calling plays, t- right. talking to the offensive coordinators. You know, while the game's going on, like the game is not. You know, the game is the fun part for the players and for the city of Mobile. Right. The stuff that goes on Monday through Thursday is the important stuff for the players and the teams. Um, Did you ever think you'd see a day where there's eight Bearcats at the Combine? No. Why would I have ever thought that? (laughs) I mean, why would you ever think that? 
pretty it's pretty surreal. Yeah, seeing. I mean, the, the, that's the thing that we've kind of talked about in the past of like this is the final step of the whole like recruiting, winning, now getting guys drafted, and it's it's yeah, it's great too because like you have quarterback, running back, wide receiver, defensive end, linebacker, running back, like safety, cor- like every pos- almost every position besides offensive line is accounted for. So every day of the combine, Bearcats will be doing something. It's not like you got one guy and he right. goes one day and he does his thing and then it's three more, three or four more days of no Bearcat talk. Like because you, I mean, anybody that watched the game, like how many times did they consist c- consistently talk about like the group as a whole? Like Maje would do something and they'd be like, talk about all the guys that were down there, or when they t- you know talk to Luke when he him he right. was down there. It's going to be the same thing at the combine. I mean, it's really a three month, you know, smorgasbord of stuff for the uh, recruiting department to clip. And and tweet and send to guys. Are you gonna go? No, the combine is utterly boring as shit. Oh, Dave, you can go meet some people and no, rub some elbows. It's also in build, prime. Build it's your also equity. At, it's also at night now. Oh yeah, screw that. No, it's prime time for television. So, no, I'm not, like, working all day, then driving to Indy to watch guys run around in T-shirt and shorts and then get back to Cincinnati at whatever time in the morning. Right. All right, well. Now, that is, that's the first week, you, in Mar- first week in March. And then visits. Will, vis- the, the pro days and the visits. That's what I'll be, I'll be interested from a pro day standpoint, who's here for Des? And then, what, like, where does he go on visits? Because quarterback is a little bit different. Like, especially one that you think is going to go in the first couple of rounds. Like, you're not just bringing this guy in for the for the hell of it. Like, you get thirty visits. Uh, you're not using one on a guy, a quarterback that you you're not serious, like you don't think you would draft, right? It's a lot of the visits I know just from like watching the Bengals. Like a lot of the visits are used on guys, kind of towards maybe the middle to the back end of the draft, so that to get to know and like if this guy doesn't get drafted, then we've already got a good evaluation on him and have a relationship. You don't just bring in like your top 30 guys on your board. Yeah. You're a little more strategic about it. So that'll be interesting to see. I'm hoping, I'm hoping they, you see Liberty and Ole Miss figure something out to not have their pro days on the same day. I mean, the good news for Cincinnati is because they have more players, you're going to yeah, draw more people. Hypothetically. Gonna be, yeah, but there's still going to be, it'll, I mean, the, the other thing too is it'll, 
it'll make teams show their cards a little bit. Yeah. Like if you're somewhat. if you're the Steelers and Mike Tomlin and the offensive coordinator are at liberty, I mean it's like okay. But we've also seen where these quarterbacks now are doing like two pro days. So the last couple of years you've had quarterbacks doing two pro days. Right. So but I, I just think it kind of stinks for the players. Like it's impossible with so many schools to not have multiple pro days, you know, on the same day. But just for those quarterbacks, you know, you kind of wish that you didn't have three guys that are possible first rounders all going on the same day. Right. Because they can all have scouts there, but you're only going to have the executives or the, the main decision makers at one. Right. Like, yeah, whoever the Steelers hire as their new GM, he's he's going to one of those. Lewis Riddick is the rumor. I saw you interview. They also interviewed a guy for the um, Colts. So, uh, I don't have a ton else on football. Do you? Um, We've met the new coaches. Um, no, we're still sending out a lot of offers to four stars. Sending out a lot of offers to six, seven, 315 pound offensive linemen. Yeah. He likes them big, big in the lower body, as Gino would say. Yeah. And you see who else is getting, who else is offering these guys? Yeah. Well, if you're recruiting four stars. Yeah. Well, what? Uh, I, that's who you're going to be I dealing with. Butcher his last name, but uh, the offensive lineman from Lakota S- East, Sviraveld, or put out a top. Six today that consisted that's of, quite a list, yeah. It consisted of Iowa, Notre Dame, Alabama, Ohio State, <laughs> Ohio State Michigan, and UC. You know, yeah. just your usual. That's the group UC is usually battling with for kids, usual, you know, up and comers of the college football <laughs> world. And then there's uh, uh what's a, a rumor that Malik. Uh, Hartford. Hartford will be putting out some list with some number of potential schools that could obviously change in one week uh, tomorrow. It, <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> seems he's he doesn't seem like he's um, in the shopping phase. No, I just say that jokingly. I'm always. I like, know. Here's my. But they're always. Here, here's my top six, but my recruitment's still open. Hit me up. It's like, right. well, then why are you putting in the top six if you're like? Basically, like cat call in other schools. Like, here's the six that I'm focused on right now. But if you're hotter than those six, like, give me a call. My uh, my line's open. So yeah, they're so not they're they're not going to let you into L.A. with that cough and runny nose. It's all right. I've been practicing <laughs> holding my breath. <laughs> they're going to stop you at the at the. Haven't the, you seen? This week, like everybody's getting rid of their their mask mandates. Apparently, it's, it's all over. It's all yeah, yeah. That you know, no comment. I won't <laughs> get into it. Um, I so that's I think that covers it for football for today. Timestamp, y'all. We're kind of in that uh, between spring practice. Oh, I did. I did potentially hear a date for the start of spring practice. And it is soon. Didn't they? They have a calendar out. Do they have the calendar out? Yeah, because they've sent out those that 
the tweet where some of the guys are retweeting the dates of the practices where they have been invited to go watch or whatever. Yeah. I don't March know what... 5th. Yeah. That's soon. Like, that is right around the corner. Yeah. So excited for that. Um, basketball back on the board with a win last night. Oof. Was there, there were times I have to admit I was like I can't watch this right now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the ter- I was trying the, to like put the kid put the kid to bed and watch at the same time, and I'm like, yeah, this is just ugly. I don't need to watch right now. I'll turn it back on in like ten minutes. The turnovers were bad, like, like we talked about last night on the. I have a, I have uh, a theory on this, by the way. Well, it was pretty the clear they but I have a they were trying that. to get out. They were trying to get out and run as like a mandate of like, look, we cannot play half court offense, right? So we have to run, and they threw some passes last night that were comically bad, like in their <laughs> attempt to get out and run. Like, what 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 are you thinking? Throwing that pass, yeah. So I have a South Florida theory. Okay. Whenever you play at South Florida, does it seem like that they're so bad that they do things that like your brain just doesn't think they'll do? Yeah, like, I don't and, I don't hate that. And that <laughs> it just automatically like screws you up. Like when you play like a really bad team and you're at a high level and you're like, Oh, I know what they're going to do. This guy's going to go here and then he's going to do this and they're going to pass the ball here. So you kind of like, you're thinking three steps ahead, but they're so fucking terrible that they do things that like nobody else will do. <laughs> and they have players that stink way worse than anybody else that it kind of like screws up how you play because they're, they're so, so bad, bad that, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that's a terrible, like I watched one dude in the second half, like kind of, Toward second half of the second half, right wing, like caught the ball by the three point line, was guarded, pump fake, like took a dribble in, still guarded, like did a move. And I'm going, is he going to shoot this? Because there is zero chance this is going to go in. And he shot it. Mm. <laughs> I was like, what? I mean, they just. They're the worst. Are they the? Did I see right? They're the worst three-point shooting team in the country. In America, yeah, and it's and it's not particularly close. Did they? Did they make any last night? Uh, one. One. Okay. They made one, which was the same number they made. They beat Temple, uh, over the weekend, and the only three they made was the three that the shot that won the game. <laughs> that was the only three they that they oh, made the my. entire. So in their past two games, they have a combined two made three pointers. Brian, hey, I'll give them credit for this. They don't shoot them. They don't shoot them. Like they know. They know. Yeah. We are a terrible three point shooting you, team. Like it, what the second half when UC went on a little run and got up to like double digits and they started jacking a couple. You're like, there's, there's not going in. No, not even close. Not even close. Could but, be worse. I mean, could could be could be Maryland tonight. Oh, I thought you were going to say Xavier. Uh, no comment. Why? Um, Why can't you have a comment? No comment. Um, 
How many? They're at the under four, the final media stop of the game. How many points do you think Iowa has? They're playing Maryland. Yeah, ninety-seven at Maryland. A hundred and three. Holy cow! That's a lot of points. <laughs> and, it, it, and they're they're just at the under four. They're just at the final media stop. That's not. What? This is totally off topic, but you brought up Iowa and Maryland. What happened to Maryland? I don't know. Like they I, won I, a national championship when I was in college. Boy, that might be the wrongest I've ever been. I thought Turgeon was going to be really good there. Was is it really just going to the Big Ten has just totally like taken I, them out of their recruiting base? And I don't know how that's true. Though. I, mean, you rem- like, you rem- I mean, you remember just as good as I do, like Duke, Maryland, like JJ Reddick. Yeah. Right? I mean, that was like the game of the ACC season. And they're just terrible. And they have been like, they're, it's not even that they're terrible. They're, they're like inconsequential. They're just there. They're like, right. Yeah, they don't matter like at all. The eighth or ninth best team in the big 10. They've got to get this higher. Right. I'll tell you that. It's just weird. I mean, you see some of these teams like change it's, it feels too like a lot of the whether it, whether it's a Syracuse and a Pitt going from the Big East to the ACC or the or this Maryland leaving the ACC and going to the like these programs. I mean, and granted, this stuff is all cyclical. These are the programs of like our upbringing that were yeah major major programs. But I mean, I don't know. It just seems so weird that you would think that just changing a conference would totally basically torpedo end a program basically right like Syracuse is I mean what's Syracuse anymore? Nothing. Like Pitt Pitt is awful. Yeah. Hiring Kevin Stallings and then following that up with Jeff Capel, that'll probably do it to you. Well, they hope that Capel brought some of the uh recruiting magic he had from Duke, but it turns out Recruiting to Duke a little easier than recruiting to Pitt for some reason. You mean recruiting to Coach K? Yeah. <laughs> for some reason, I can't quite figure out what the what the difference is there. Um, but yeah, uh, it's not it, Maryland's not good. I mean, I I'm not used to you know the Bengals playing in February, so my college my season. You're, you're usually in basketball mode by now. <laughs> Well, well into basketball right now. <laughs> but I, you know, you just see some of these, what I would think are like, you know, the the blue blood perennial powers that they just, just not that anymore. It's, you know, that's the interesting part is like the main ones always stay and the fringe ones always cycle. And now it's like, you know. The main ones are now. Now um, it's still. Duke, Kentucky. Yeah, but I mean, like Kansas, right? But now you have Gonzaga and Baylor. Yeah, they have definitely cycled into that. Well, they're in the places that used to be occupied by right. Syracuse and Pitt and Maryland. Yeah. And I was bummed Auburn lost. I was hoping to see the number one team in the country next weekend or in two weeks. No, you get number. Did they stay at two? I don't know. I think they stayed at. I don't. I know. Uh, 
Gonzaga, the Zags. Did you the, did you see the end of that game? By the way, uh, on and off because I was no, like the very end. No, in overtime, when Musk took his shirt off and went up in no, the crowd when, with his arm. When in his dude, leg. when dude dunked like as like crazy two handed dunk as the game ends with his legs swinging up, instantly the lights go into like strobe light and the fans rush the crowd. Like there's gonna be a fight. <laughs> like, I cannot believe Auburn dudes just didn't start swinging. Yeah, because you got like the rubbing in, like crazy dunk. Yeah, never seen him just like t- cut the lights instantly for to like a club scene, and the fans were on the court like within a nanosecond. Iowa still punching wide open dunks up to one oh seven. Two minutes left. That's <laughs> exciting. How many does Maryland have? Eighty three. Oh, 83. Yeah. <laughs> they, well, they, they, they've got 85 and they're losing by 22. NBA game broke out. <laughs> no shit. Um, back to the Bearcats, I guess. Um, I, I did see some things I liked. I liked in the second half that they slowed down to Julius and Cincinnati still found some offense. Because in the first half, it was either... Dave, or it was you might as well just hand the ball back to South Florida and go play defense. It was <laughs> it was dreadful watching the, the the rest of that offense try to score in the first. I mean, half. what what are they from your vantage point in those situations? What are they trying to do that they're just not skilled enough? Of, you know, good enough? You know what what is what is the effort? It's just not working. Well, they're doing a lot of what they want uh, in terms of, you know, I think they do a really good job, ball screen, high ball screen offense. One, because I think Abdul Adu sets really good high ball screens. Like, he's as good of a, like, out top high ball screen type screener than they've had in quite some time. Um. The problem, I think, is they don't – when the ball handler, when it's not to Julius, gets downhill, they don't really have anything, like, consistent, reliable to, like, this is what we're going – you know, this is this is what's going to happen when we get downhill. Like, with Saunders at the C's part and he gets clean to the rim, like, he's good. But if he gets to the left side and there's guys, you know, a 6'10 guy there waiting on him. Really? How often do you just get a clean straight line drive to the rim? Yeah. Well, I mean, not even necessarily a straight line drive, but like when the body's clear. Like we've seen a couple of those where he's working through the lane and then he cuts like against the grain and the body's clear. Yeah. And he's he's laying it up is what I'm talking about more than just like, you know, blowing by a defender and nobody being on the weak side. Cause I just, that's not something in college basketball that, that you see happen. Right. Um, I think they're getting a lot of the three point shots that, that they like, that they want. Um, I, I, I think it is like, it, it hurts as much as the game has changed. You still need to be able to throw the ball to a six ten guy within 
10 to 12 feet and have him be able to, to get a bucket. Like maybe it's not getting him the ball at, at three feet. Like it used to be right. But you need to be able to get the ball free throw line extended down to a big guy and have that big guy be able to, to do some work so that it puts stress on the defense. So that there's, that's really the biggest problem, right? Is the offense for the most part is, playing with one arm tied behind their back yeah they're they're very one-dimensional on because you just i mean you don't have like how much easier is it to play defense when the scouting report says this guy either won't shoot or can't shoot right and what you also they, they struggle with this is a guard gets downhill and drops it off and the big doesn't have the you know the strength or the bounce or what it's whatever you want to call it to make the catch and and get the ball in the basket before the defense reacts you know because it's like the defense reacts to the guard the guard leaves a dump off pass the big has to catch and gather and by the time they catch and gather somebody's right there at the rim making it taking it from an 80 percent shot to a 30 percent shot like they they just don't as currently constructed, as currently developed. So I think that is an important part of this too. Um, have that like, you know, UC had it with, with Yancey. They had it with Gary. They had it with Kyle. They had it with Trey. They had it with Justin Jackson. Get a bucket. Like, here's the ball. Go make something happen for us. Or even... Here's the ball. The defense at least focuses on you. And then somebody right. else is maybe open because it's the third or fourth pass where now if the guy gets it on the third or fourth pass, like they're not even paying attention to him. They're no. just assuming they're going to pass it because they're like, well, we know he's not offensively you know, skilled enough to do anything. So we're already playing like that next pass. Yeah. And they're not they're not overly great passers either. <laughs> that was evident last night, apparently. <laughs> well, I'm talking about the bigs. Like, oh, I thought I thought just meant as a team. Yes. No, I mean like the big getting the ball on the block and right. drawing the defense and then kicking it opposite or yeah, we don't getting see a cutter any, down like, the lane. You know, we don't see any Block to block passes, any high post to low post, big to big passes. Like we don't see any of that stuff. Right. So that just it, it does so much to limit the offense, to limit you know, I mean, the scouting at what report. point does whoever guarding the Julius just play off to keep him from well, you can't because he has been so ridiculously good at that step back. Well, I'm saying like play off of him so he can't even get into that. I feel yeah, like, but he'll still get into it and just take the step back with you playing off. I feel like that's what gets him going more than just like open shots. Yeah, he needs the ball in his hand. Like he's the one guy that really needs the ball in his hand to get things going. Now, I thought he's done a good job of late. They've had to do a little bit more as teams have shifted their coverage. Like, I don't, they've done yeah, a lot more running them off screens. And I mean, 
I don't think he's been forcing stuff. Like, right? Because you, you, you get to that line where you realize like my team needs me to, to score, but then do you cross the line to feeling the pressure to do that so you're taking bad shots or you're yeah I haven't seen that at all really from him or you're forcing the action picking up offensive fouls stuff like that I don't think that's the case um has he maybe taken one or two here or there where I was like eh. yeah that's but, but I mean like and then you're also yeah. like uh they have 24 points and he scored 18 of them well so. yeah <laughs> so okay so he takes maybe a an ill-advised shot who else would you rather take the shot? Right. <laughs> I mean, precisely. Right now, I mean, you know, there's, you know, I'm not gonna, yeah, you know, I have a hard time calling specific players out. They're college kids; they bust their ass. But like, it's just a limited team offensively. Well, we, like, we knew just, that coming into the season, right? And there's just there's some there's some dudes that like they're not gonna be around. We'll see. I, we'll I don't see. have we'll an answer see. to that. I know you don't have an answer to that. I can have an answer to that. You have an opinion. I have an opinion, right. An opinion. <laughs> My problem is when I say something, people take it as an answer. No, no. I mean, I, it's not hard to figure it out. But, you know, <laughs> leave it at that. I think it's more difficult than people think because I don't, I don't know that it's just going to be what people expect because I, uh, knowing West the way that West does things, I don't think there's going to be any conversations that are uh, head back to your room, pack your shit. You know, it's time to go. No. I think there will be there will be very hard conversations about this is probably where you're going to be going forward, and if that's okay with you, that's okay with you, and that's your role, and you're going to buy into it. Great. But if you're looking for more, like I can't promise that's going to be here. Like I think it's going to be more like that as opposed to everybody thinks it's going to be just this like. Right. Mass, you know, mass exodus of like. You're cut. You're out. You're not good enough. You suck. No, Get out of my office. This, this isn't Xavier with Chris Mack, guys. Right. It's going to be more. This is our, this is, you know, after a full year of getting a look, this is what we think. This is where you fit if you're down with that you're down with that if you're not down with that and you want to you think you're you you fit better somewhere else then you know so be it we maybe suggest you not be down with that right (laughs) so we'll see i i don't think it's you know no everybody's got an opinion on it i get it but i mean like just being objective like the roster is not in a position to take the jump that I think the fan base would hope as currently constructed if everyone that can return next year returned. I mean, I, we don't know that. We've seen guys from year over year make big jumps. Like, And this will really be the first full off season they get with this staff and with Mike. Rayfeld. So I'm not ruling out that there's going to be guys that look vastly different next year. Um, but I'm also not like, I, I'm also weary of the belief that the transfer portal just fixes instantly fixes everything. 
No, I don't think that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not of that belief. There's, there's a lot of people that just believe, like, these people have to go, and we're going to go get two all-league guys in the transfer portal, and that's going to solve everything. Yeah, I mean, we'll just go get a couple, like, you know, we brought in two upperclassmen bigs this year, and next year we're going to replace them with two upperclassmen bigs that, you know, average 14 and 8 a game. Right. Those were, like, especially Abdul was one of the highest, most sought-after bigs in the transfer market. And he's helped this team immensely. But he's not a scorer. So there are, there are holes. And in the transfer portal, you're very rarely getting a guy that well, – the, yeah. the, the guys that don't have holes either go to the draft or they stay where they're at. Like, I think that's the, like, that's the, the be weary part. Now, you know, maybe you dip down a level and you find a guy that was like a 20 and six, 20 and seven guy in the Missouri Valley. And you hope that works. But like, you know, you saw Jason Carter go from 20 points a game in the Mac to Xavier and was kind of just, was just a guy. So there's no like there's no guaranteed answer that like okay we're running these these three guys off because I think we need three guys and I think these three guys are dead weight so these three guys have to go and we're bringing in three different guys who that, are all going to be better yeah significantly significantly better and then they have to beat out the guys at the top of the roster. So then what happens to the guys at the top of the roster? What's their emotional, mental state like? What does it do to the, the locker room when you're, you know, we think you're good, but we brought in this dude to replace you. It's a delicate balance, man. Like everybody just thinks it's like, you know, off season in NCAA 2008. <laughs> and that's not always how it works. No. Do I think there will be a couple exits? Do I think there will be a couple transfer additions? Yeah, as I said on the board today, I've said for months, I think they're going to they're gonna be looking. They'll figure out a way. They know they need to add a big. They would, you know, I would guess, like to add a little more scoring punch than they've had this year. But they're not what, – what has made them so good this year, having a couple bigs at the rim that just completely slow down – the opponent's offense, you know, going it inside. So I think, yeah, though, you, you're, are you looking for a guy that can score? Yeah, you're also looking – you're not going to add a guy that adds, you know, that erases the rim protection. You're losing the two best shot blockers in college basketball in terms of number of block shots. Are you going to replace that with a guy that doesn't protect the rim at all? Because I don't think Odie is – going to be your your answer at shot blocker right is Vic and he's shown some promise there but is he getting you know 50 blocks next year you would hope so but counting on that might be uh fools Aaron a, a very risky proposition I guess you know It's like yeah, yeah, going all in, going all in when you have six outs on the river. There's there, there's not much that you could feel comfortable really like staking 
a claim to moving forward. You know, like you you hope and you think, but like there's there's very little absolute. Well, you still have the great unknown. Does this team or does this team not have David DeJulius next year? Right, that's what I mean. Like there's just there's n- virtually no absolutes. Because if it if it has DeJulius, now you've got your your guy, right? Your you you've established him I think at this point as somebody you can throw the ball to. Yeah, I mean, if he, does, if he comes back, he's a a a first team all league type player. Right. There's a good chance he'll end up first team all league this year. And you can not second team. You can build around that. Right. Um, But. So then what you're looking for in the portal is completely different. Sure. If you're replacing Dave, what you're looking for in the portal is uh, urgent. (laughs) And I mean, I I think still, this is the other thing people don't talk about. I think a large majority of the time, transfers are under the same uh, timetable that we used to see a lot, of, a lot of the JUCO guys, right? Well, that's the thing is, like, transfers have become more prevalent, but how many of them come in and either give you – Right from the start, give you what you expect or even exceed your expectations. Right. Like very, very few, even at the highest, highest levels. Like, you know. I mean, there's in, a couple places, obviously. In your mind, you look at, you know, if a guy is transferring up, you're obviously thinking, well, he's not going to replicate that. But how many times do guys not even come close to, to what, is a reasonable expectation. Yeah. Um, so it's Kellen it's, Grady, Kentucky. Yeah, was he the Davidson kid? The Davidson kid would be, by all accounts, wildly successful in his transfer up. Yeah, like he was like a everybody like top. Five transfer guy in the portal. Kentucky got him like difference maker right away. He was averaging 17 points a game at Davidson. He's averaging 12 points a game at Kentucky. And he's shooting 44% from three. Now this is his fifth season. So his numbers have gone up uh, in terms of percentages. Cause clearly, you know, you get better options around you, you get better shots. Um, but he has strictly for Kentucky basically become like a catch and shoot guy. Yeah, like a so, uh, a super sub come in and you know if you make some shots, we'll keep you in. If you're missing, you're you're done. You know he had, like he averaged five re- four and a half rebounds, two and a half assists at Davidson last year. Two rebounds, one assist at Kentucky this year. He's he probably doesn't get, have the ball in his hand. He's probably getting half the num- minutes, right? Yeah. Well, no, he's averaging 32, 32 minutes a game. Oh, wow. He's on the floor a lot. But his usage rate is just like, you know, he doesn't sure. have the ball in his hands the whole game. No, because Oscar Shibway is touching the ball all the time. Yeah, but that's a wildly successful transfer. Yeah. It's not the norm. No. So, you know, 
it, it's just not, I know it like, it, it's so easy to be like, this is, this is the easiest path forward. This is going to well, solve all our problems. Um, it, it's, it's fun and new. It's like, Oh, new guys. Like, Oh, who, who are they going to get in the transfer portal? Like who, who are they? Who do they make contact with? That's always my favorite. Like, so-and-so enters the transfer portal and has already heard from 35 schools. Like, okay, <laughs> good, good luck. Like, <laughs> right. the, the, the hundred and whatever character tweet is just this guy's name and 50, you know, school initials. <laughs> right. Like, all right, whatever. Like, why would I even, like, pay attention to that? Like, let me know if he comes and visits. Yeah, that's usually the... Uh... The, deli- the, the the mark of delineation is the, the, are they visiting are they like Every, anybody they... can can text a, a player and go hey we'd like you to come play for our team right did he respond to that text <laughs> who do you have some actual traction with that's what someone should start doing like Bor- <laughs> like borzello or goodman or someone is like so and so enters the transfer portal and is contacted by team 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 he responded to team right. team. <laughs> <laughs> He's had more than three texts with these two teams. Yeah. Everybody else got a uh, thanks, coach. Just a no, at, no, a no yeah. call, no show. Just Yeah, there's a lot nope. of those. Hey, this is coach so-and-so from, yeah, uh-uh. Sorry, coach. <laughs> there's a lot of those. A lot of those. Um, Tulsa, Saturday. Thank God this isn't a Sunday game. Where's this one? It's at Tulsa. Okay. They played them here already and, and dumped them. So this one's at Tulsa. Um, hopefully the turnovers are down because I, I do think that was a good sign that the offense was up. And say what you will about South Florida. They are a disaster offensively. They're actually a decent defensive team. Uh, and, and Cincinnati was able to have some success outside of the they had 18 turnovers kind in, of, at, in at this point, 30 though, minutes. Kind of, knowing what the offense is in the half court, do you kind of just basically say, F it, we got to go tempo, and if that means we turn it over a couple more times, we have to try to live with that? Well, yeah, but it can't be 19. No, but I mean, like, no, it can't be. And it can't just, like, I'm not forgiving, like, just dumb, terrible passes, but, like. There was, like, seven. Oh, I I, I saw I saw South Florida game that were them. like I wouldn't have made that pass. Like passes you don't even <laughs> make in like Devereaux's. Yeah, like come <laughs> on, like let let's stop being silly here. No, but I mean, like, um, you kind of just have to grit and take it, you know? Like, well, yeah. yeah, they they have to play tempo. They cannot play slow. What are you watching back there? You got the Olympics on or something? Absolutely not. Uh, NFL honors. Wow. Okay. No, I'm boycotting the Olympics. Okay. I, I just, I only get like, we only get like a small corner of your TV and yeah, I see right. a woman in a dress right now. Yeah. So I was. And uh, JJ Watt. Okay. Apparently they're giving that an award. Okay. Um, They, they, they have to win at all. Like you can't. Oh Yeah. Tulsa and South Florida are the two worst teams in the league. You have to take that two-game road trip. Now, the thing I I don't love, we've talked about this before, I don't like staying on the road. 
because I think it's trouble for the second game. Oh, do they go straight from Florida to Oklahoma? Uh, I think they're going tomorrow to Oklahoma. They spend an extra day in Florida today. Oh, okay. Usually you'll go straight to the next place. And have the next place there. But that place that they were in was Tampa. And the place that they were going to was Oklahoma. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where would you rather be? Tampa or <laughs> Tulsa? And I'm guessing they probably took a day off today and let them kind of unwind. What do my guess? Not unwind, but just you know, mandatory. You have to take one day off. My guess is this will this was their day off this week, right? Because they'll travel um, tomorrow and have practice, a walkthrough practice. And then well, they, I'm sure they no, actually they would have practiced today in in Florida because today would have been the first day of prep. Um, they'll probably get Sunday off, probably get the Super Bowl off. Um, obviously, with Tulsa, as you see on the graphic, the biggest problem is Jerry Horn. Uh, just don't – we've seen it all year. If a team has a multifaceted inside-out forward, they are a big problem for the Tulsa's, Tulsa's Ben Bryant. Yeah. <laughs> he left. Well, but he he transferred up, right? He went to Oklahoma, didn't he? Or somewhere? Colorado. Colorado, that's where it was. And then came well, – well, is just, that really I just mean the leaving and coming back. Yeah. Um, clearly their best player. Oh yeah. Um, Frank Hayes still has a job. That's fun. I, he always, <laughs> he'll have a, he'll have a season like, I guess, but they were bad last year too. Right. Yeah. Cause he would usually, he'll have a season like this and then he would be finishing like second shocking. Like they get the, uh, they'd get the easy schedule and they'd only play like four of the really good teams once. And then they finished second or third in the conference. He'd hang on to his job. Well, Tulsa um, fans have to just be so frustrated that they're like the smallest, like Division One school like this because they can't fire him or Philip Montgomery. <laughs> they can't really afford to, and they just keep getting stuck with these guys that are like not terrible but not good either. Average. Yeah, just although like, I guess I guess you could say Montgomery's done pretty damn well, all things considered. Well, he has like, you know, the year they went to the conference championship, the COVID year, but like, they have these massive like swings. Swings. I mean, they won like one game the year before in twenty nineteen. Yeah, I mean, they're the epitome of like what you're supposed to be if you're in the American, right? Where you you bottom out, you get young, you get everybody experience, and then in two years, you're all juniors and seniors. And yeah, but you're not supposed to be able to be around <laughs> to do that two or three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Like yeah, it's got to suck You get one, one shot at that, and then you either go up to another, a bigger job where you get fired. You don't get to like do that twice. <laughs> um, and then, so I, I guess we'll be Wednesday of next week. 
because they've got Wichita State at home on Thursday. Oh, so we'll, we'll be getting another Twitter argument with some loser Wichita State fan. So you've got a three-game homestand after Tulsa. Tuesday, Memphis. Thursday, Wichita. Sunday, Temple. <clears throat> that kind of scares me. You're at home? Yeah. The part that scares me is you could expel a lot of energy in those first two and then come out in the third one in a game that you should win. And uh, Yeah, but know. against a Temple team that beat them. In, yeah. Temp- in Philly. So but, I mean, this, the team's just too sporadic, though. Like, you know. Yeah. I I, agree I would rather that. have like another good team. Yeah. Temple's been weird. They're another. They they just they play good defense, but their offense is dreadful. So they can drag you down into a rock fight. Right. They can cause you problems. Um, you got anything else Bearcats wise you want to talk about, Dave? I don't think so. I don't, I don't really do either. I don't think, um, I'm going to go over the notes from coffee with Cunningham this morning. Sure. Did he say anything interesting? I don't really think so, but you know, (laughs) let's see. Oh, he did have something. You see, at 142 individuals that participated in NIL, nine hired agents and made some national money. I uh, mentioned the OS skyline, but uh, here's the now it's moving to these donor collectives hidden by LLC, and they're getting paid to do quote unquote community service. Can't be about donors paying players and being general managers. We're going to make sure we stick to our values, and donors don't take control of our team and who is recruited. We want to grow NIL and how we grow that nationally, but we don't want to disrupt those rooms and those team dynamics. I mean, that's got, that's word for word from Luke, right? Maybe. I'm not sure I agree. I mean, it's, it's a nice thought in principle. If everyone, if everyone participating had any principles, yeah. It, it, I also think the other problem is they don't have the right. donors that are right. that are at that level. So you can say that, yeah, and you're not upsetting anyone. It's not like don't yeah, I'm coming over going, hey guys, um I got like two mil and I just need the boys to come over and pretend to do something, and they're like, Nope, we're not gonna take your money. Right. Here's two mil. We want the kids to. We want the team to come talk to these cancer patients, and we'll 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 spread the two mil around everybody that comes and talks to the cancer patients. No, 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 no. But I think it's easy to say that because you don't have right. Of course, you know, uh, Nippert expansion. I love I love this line. Let's concentrating on let's concentrate on selling out Nippert for a few years first. Might have a wait list soon, which would be great. And what everybody doesn't listen to, but they need to, need to add premium seating to help balance the project cost if they're ever going to expand. Yeah, we're not adding more upper deck bleacher seats, people. 
Right. Like that's like what a couple hundred dollars season ticket. Yeah, no. per person per year. No, no. <laughs> it's not how it's going to happen. However, they do it. Count on a significant portion of whatever would happen being luxury seating, more luxury seating. Yes. Um. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to Dave in the Super Bowl before we get out of here. We, I, I want to get you like you need to get some sleep. What time's the flight leave? Noon. Oh, that's not too bad. No. Leaves at noon. Gets to LA at what two? And we go to Atlanta. Oh. Get there at like five thirty. That's not too bad. Where are you? Uh, where are you dining out there? You got any? Let's see. Uh, any must-haves? Any go-tos? Steak place Friday night. Got the uh, Bengals tailgate Saturday. Possible dinner Saturday night Italian. Uh, late Is night. Is there good Italian in LA? I, I don't know. There's so much. I you know. I just. I just do what I what I know my dad will want. He will want okay. he will want steak place. He will want Italian. All right, makes but sense. But then we're doing some things that David wants, so it'll be very funny to see uh, Dad's reaction when we get to Sir at ten thirty at night and <laughs> have a reservation there with the uh, Vanderpumps. You're so, hanging out with the Vanderpumps on oh, Saturday. I don't know. Or? That's that's their place. Oh, okay. So it's it's you know it's very Hollywood, so I'm I'm very excited to see him's reaction. Who are you going there with? Oh, just me and him. (laughs) Just to take in the sights. Yeah, and uh, you're not going to take him. You're not going to take him to one of the fine establishments by the airport. I'm not familiar with those. It's not hard (laughs) to figure out. Yes. Uh, My no, my cousin. And his husband that live out there are going out to dinner with us Friday night and then going to Sir on Saturday. I'm trying to get him to get us into a a Super Bowl party. Which one? I don't know. Whatever one he any I, of them. Whichever one I can get in. I mean, my <laughs> my cousin or my cousin's husband's a movie star. I mean, he's got to be able to get us in something. Like a movie star, like he's the the first name on the the. No, no. Okay. I mean, he's he's been, in movies. Yeah, I mean, okay. like Westworld, um, some other you know other movies. Just shot a TV show that'll be on ABC coming up. I used to have a couple connections in that world that lived out there, but they don't live out there anymore. So, so I can't help yeah, I'm trying to see if we'd be like, can we get in with like Snoop and Dre? <clears throat> let, let my dad chop it up with them. Is your dad familiar with the wacky tobacco? I mean, if you're gonna get you're gonna get hang out with Snoop and Dre, no, I will not uh, incriminate <laughs> my father on a public. <laughs> uh, platform i cannot confirm nor deny any of that i was i joked with mo yesterday when i was on with had him on because i had mo as a guest on 
His own show? His own show. I hosted his show and had him as a guest. And he was like, I'm going to a cigar party tonight. I'm like, make sure there's tobacco in the cigars, Mo. And he's like, what would be wrong if there wasn't? And I was like, well, nothing. Nothing. But they do have a lot of stores out there. You just want to know. Like, you want to make sure you know what's in your cigar. Yeah, they have quite a careful. few... Uh... Quite a few stores, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's legal out there. So we can talk. Yeah. Like they have dispensaries, you can yeah. buy whatever the hell you want right there. And uh, I think we're going to like Korean barbecue on Monday. Korean barbecue? Yeah. My my one of my favorite spots out there was a Mongolian barbecue place that was right by our our house in Hermosa Beach. It was awesome. We used to go there for like five hours. We'd go there at lunch and stay for lunch and dinner. It's a long time. We would walk out of it. Well, I mean, at the time, you got to remember, I'm like 23. Like I was making okay money, but in LA, you're still poor. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, I, you know, you're you're making enough to get by, but it ain't like you, you got a ton of money. And you're usually spending that at that age, living on the beach at partying and doing stupid shit. For sure. So we would go and like just every like 45 minutes, we'd get a plate of Mongolian barbecue and sit there and eat it. And by the time we would leave, we would just be like, I'm going to get sick. Uh, But it was so good. But yeah, it's going to be interesting what we try to do before the game since they don't allow tailgating and like the perimeter of the stadium is all, you know, it's kind of like, it's own. It's kind of like Dallas, where you you know you kind of went in to the stadium property without you were in the game, but not in the stadium. Right. So it's like that. I'm interested to see the stadium, though. I mean, five billion sounds like an awesome it, place. It better be yeah. nice. <laughs> sounds like an awesome place. So we'll see. You know, pretty wild year going to Jerry World and and SoFi within a. You know, just over a month of each other. To watch the Bearcats play in the college football playoffs and the Bengals play for the yeah. fucking Super Bowl. I've had a... Just... 2021-2022. It's going to be a tough to beat that football year for me. <laughs> just how you had it all penciled out in August. Yeah, I mean, when I said I'm going to go to this many games and see pretty much all wins and, you know, both my teams are going to be basically the talk of their sport yeah you nailed that he, he how, how's it gonna play out give us uh give us dave's keys to the game oh here here i'll go real this is real insider info right here the bengals offensive line needs to play good because the Rams have a really good defensive line. I'm not sure if any of our listeners have heard that yet. This is this is why I pay you the big bucks. I mean, for God's sakes, like can you you could literally have my son give those <laughs> give those analysis points. Like right. Um I mean, it's it's at the point now where it's like just laughable when, to me at least, when that's like being discussed. Yeah, we know 
The offensive line, not great. Aaron Donald, real great. Von Miller, also good. Yeah, guess what? It hasn't mattered yet. Will it matter Sunday? Maybe. I don't know. Now, there has been some talk this week in the more detailed evaluation breakdowns of the game that aren't just talking, you know, the easiest talking points you can find. Rams aren't great at linebacker. No, they're not. They do not cover well over the middle. Uh, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, finding them on some quick hitter stuff over the middle to hopefully slow down that pass rush. Like, yeah. there's some, there's going to be some space there for for Joey B to make some plays. Well, it, it moves to safety too. I mean, Eric Weddles was working out at a Planet Fitness two weeks ago, and now he's going to play in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but he's pretty good. He is, but I mean, the Bengals torched him when he was with the Ravens five, you know, three, four years ago. <clears throat> so, I mean, how how much can you really expect at that point? And they are a little weak up the middle, you know, just like the Bengals are. Their their guard center guard is not the best. Um, I mean, if it's if we're going on a collection of talent, the Rams should win. But sure, but so should the Chiefs, right? And the Titans, the Bengals are more talented than Raiders. But I mean, they, they're, they've kind of been on a little run of this. I guess my thing at this point is like, I mean, maybe I'm just a fool, but like, I'm not betting against Burrow, which probably smart. <laughs> like, I the Rams have better players. They've played better this year. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, but you're all in. So you like you're you're not ever gonna be in a situation here where you don't take the Bengals. Oh no, sure I would. I mean, I didn't take UC to beat Alabama. People got mad at me because I said they were gonna get beat pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, but that's Alabama. There's no Alabama in the NFL. Who in the NFL, if they were in the Super Bowl right now, would you pick against the Bengals? Uh, probably the Packers. Because really? I'd be like Aaron Rodgers is that dude. How am I going to pick against him if they? Because were, in the in the playoffs he's not that dude. Well, but I mean, if they were, you're saying if they were there, then he yeah. would have been. Then he would have won two more playoff games. I guess. Okay, so there's one team in the NFL. Well, no, you, you well in the NFC is the NFC is not very good. Like I. Yeah. I guess, but then again, you would have picked UC over Michigan. You probably would have picked Georgia. Right? Probably, but that's not like – I don't think that's crazy talk. Yeah, but you also would have probably at that point said, look, I think this is going to be another really good game between these two. Yeah. All right. Well, Dave's got the Bengals. What? Did, how many – you got any props? Any any bets no. you're looking at? No, I I have not – had a ch- I mean, it's not something I really do, and I haven't even looked. I will say, for those that do, last week, Sam Hu- Sam Hubbard was on the PFT podcast, pardon my take, and told them that they only use orange Gatorade. There you go. So there's your prop bet. Bengals win Super Bowl. What color Gatorade gets poured on Zach Taylor? 
That's a good one. Uh, Joe Burrow over under 11 rushing yards. Remember in the NFL, sacks don't count against your rushing yards. That's just college. Correct. Uh, I would say over. Yeah. <coughs> I would say you're right. Probably, you know, you're just going to have that point in the second half where he starts saying, you know, I got to start making something happen. We saw it against KC. He had, what, an eight and a nine-yard third down conversion? Eight and, yeah, 11. Well, he gained 11, but it was like, it was third and nine, I think, and he gained 11, whatever. Yeah. Um. So, uh, National Anthem. I don't even know over, I don't either. I, I heard the <laughs> name today, and I don't, I don't remember. That was that was Josh Katzowitz's thing, right? He used to always time the national anthem. I have no idea. And post it at like like when it was done at every game he ever covered. He had like oh, a, a what he really? Had a, yeah, he had a journal of every national anthem he ever covered and how long it was. That sounds like a fun guy to hang out with. <laughs> Josh actually was a good dude. I guess it was just something weird he picked up on. Yes, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. I just, I just looked it up. Mickey Guyton. No, a, I con- a country artist is singing the national anthem at Super Bowl Fifty Six. Who's singing I- "God Bless America"? Well, I didn't look that up. I don't know I've who ne- Mickey Guyton is. I've never heard of Mickey Guyton. Is either. that a guy or a girl? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't girl. know the answer to that either. <laughs> you know who's singing "It Ain't No Fun" if the homies can't have none? Snoop Dogg at halftime. That's that's the real that's the real question. So I heard this too that. They're they're doing rehearsals, yeah, and they have speakers on the outside of the stadium facing out, blasting like ACDC and Taylor Swift, so you can't hear what's going on <laughs> in the rehearsal. That's great. How are they going to do that? Like a fifteen-minute show with same way they people. always do. Well, they only <clears throat> do like ninety seconds of each song. Yeah, like, but they it's don't not like. If you they remember, they have this many like artists at the same. Yes, time. they do. Yeah, they Aero, Aerosmith had NSYNC, and they had Britney Spears, and they had uh, Nelly, and I think they had somebody else when they performed. And Missy Elliott came out a couple years ago. Like it's not anymore. It's not like uh, and and Dre and Snoop. Like most of their stuff's gonna be together. Eminem and Dre. A lot of their you know their stuff is. They can do like their what duets, songs, like California Love. Can you do California Love without Tupac? I mean, I don't know. It's the first Super Bowl in California since, like the or LA. Yeah, but you're, like you're gonna, 90s. you're gonna. They might do just like Dre's verse, and then I don't know. That'd do they have a holog? have a hologram Tupac? They might hologram Tupac. Out on bail for shot of jail, California Drew. Like they might, they might hologram Tupac. Or just, Mer- or just do like that very first part and get everybody hype, and then they go into like something else. America the Beautiful is going to be sung by Jahene Aiko. Oh yeah, I got all their albums. Aiko, Aiko, Aine. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I, I probably butchered that. I'm gonna just exit stage right now. <laughs> Uh, Aaron, we're not done with you. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to I'm I'm thinking of just taping filming my dad the whole time during the <laughs> halftime show because he will be he will be annoyed and beyond belief. And drunk. 
He's not a Snoop guy? <laughs> no, he's, he's not really into the, the hip-hop scene. You know, most 66-year-old white guys aren't, but... Yeah, I mean, you know. it's, you know, it's the classics. And he went to college in the mid to late 70s. Not not really his his brand of uh, you know that then he would have been even better if you had him for like the Aerosmith one and In Sync and Britney Spears. Oh came yeah, out. yeah, he'd really love that too. <laughs> well, bye, who bye, bye. who performed in Atlanta when Outkast did it? Because there was a bunch of people then in Atlanta too. I don't remember. See, he, he was, would want like Outkast his, was just his, his halftime time. show would be like the who. You know, the, oh, no, the Almond Brothers, Marshall Tucker Band, <laughs> you know, the Carpenters, the uh, Little Feet. That would that would be you know his uh, his ideal halftime show. Just like the thirty six minute version of Whipping Post. It's gonna be the best concert you ever went to. Uh, no, it will not come close to being <laughs> the best concert I've ever been to. <laughs> Maybe been, the most maybe the most expensive. That it will be. <laughs> yes, I feel confident in saying it will be the most expensive concert. I will have the most expensive drinks that I've had at a sporting event, the most Oof. expensive food I've had at a sporting event. Like oh Chad, you'll like this one. So there's a um I don't know if I told you this, the um Guy Fieri celebrity tailgate. Yeah, are you going to that? No. Hey, okay, Aaron. Guy Fieri celebrity tailgate, like mega celebrity chefs, like big dogs, and like fifty NFL players. Four hours before the game, open bar, all the food. How much do you think tickets are? It's I it, more than a car. Well, no, not eight hundred and seventy-five dollars. That's honestly less than what i expected it to be <laughs> it's still insane i mean i to thought go it to a be... party to go to I'm a just... tailgate party for four hours i mean if you go to any party though in la that weekend like just to get into a bar or something you're gonna be spending something outrageous like i would imagine you're paying at least 100 bucks to get into anywhere yeah just to cover almost a thousand well i mean <laughs> for four hours part? are you are you driving or are you ubering because either way you're gonna spend a mortgage payment yeah, how are you getting around? That's a good question. Um, the the car services. Oof. The the premium rates are going to be. Oh yeah, I mean it's just the the price of of California. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Are you parking at the stadium though? Oh no, I'm not raining. No, we're going. Our, we'll probably go early somewhere, a mile or two away, and then walk it walk in. And you can't get anywhere near the stadium to like park or anything well i saw parking was going for like 500 to yeah, 800 thousand dollars for a here. parking pass <laughs> christ to then sit there with eighty thousand people to try to get in and out of there you got no way no well how many of those people are actually driving themselves at that well, that's, point? that's the thing too is like <laughs> half the fans are from la did it even sell out it's not i mean there's plenty of ticket ticket prices have dropped big time in the last couple of days. You're gonna be able to get a ticket for like a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks, like right around kickoff. Yeah, they're I down think. to like thirty five hundred now. Yeah. Crazy. What are the well, uh, you just you have thirty thousand upper deck like 
nosebleed seats, right? Yeah, that, that nobody wants to. You're not spending eight thousand dollars on one of those tickets. You're just not. Nobody's going to do it. I can't well, wait. I can't wait until those assholes who bought up all the uh, the white hoodies that they wore on the field the other night for the pep rally and are reselling them for twice, three times what they paid for them. Go like, what are you going to do with them after the Super Bowl? Like. Yeah, the problem is they probably sold almost all of them immediately. Those things were they sold out within two hours. Fresh. Of- I mean, the people that bought them for resale are probably going to oh, no. sell them before Sunday. You can still get them on eBay right now for like four hundred. They started at one sixty retail, and now they're going for like four hundred bucks on eBay. What the ones like the guys actually wore? No, not with the no, just on. that design. Yeah. Oh. It's a pretty sweet design. Like it was a pretty dope looking quarter zip. Yes. I'd like it guy. more if it was in black. What did you need me to stick around for? What What are you doing? What are your plans? Oh, I'm going to mom's, and then I'm gonna That's be. It? Just, I'm gonna be in you... Cincinnati for the week. Okay. There's games like every other night, so. Yeah. Plus, plus our our event on Friday. When is uh? When does UC play next week? What days? Tuesday, Tuesday Thursday, Thursday, Saturday, Saturday. Sunday. Oh. Perfect. Oh, we just talked about that. The parade will be on the 16th, then. Perfect. Oh, nice. Yeah, three, three home games. Tuesday against. You just go. Uh, home UC game parade. Home UC game. That's a nice little middle of the week. Well, if you want to tailgate against Memphis, and then Thursday against uh, Wichita. If you want to tailgate for the parade, I, I live two blocks from the stadium, Dave. I might take up on that. I have to see what the parade route is. I imagine it'd be. Close enough to Aaron's Aaron's house that you could walk there. For sure. Yeah. For sure. All right. I think that uh that what what's the what's the Super Bowl menu, Aaron? Have you figured it out yet? Lots of dips. Always always dips. I don't know. Sky, I, skyline dip? Have to do I, skyline dip? I have no idea. Like I said, I, I I think I think from my understanding that the news of the day today was that they may be completely making a hard u-turn on wings and instead setting up a, a skyline cheese coney bar and i'm so down for that i can't go wrong with that no i think i'm gonna do like one of the like you know they do the the sliders dave that you guys had at your tailgate yeah i'm gonna do a the big tray of sliders maybe one like you know eight ham eight roast beef and eight like should I do? Should I do some burger sliders as part of that? We think. Sure. I know, I know we're doing ham and cheese sliders also. I don't think there's going to be many people here. I think there's only going to be like seven, seven, eight people here. So it's going to be. Small. Oh, do you want me to? I can get you. Uh, do you want me to get you that recipe that we had at the tailgate? The like um, the Italian like sandwiches on the Hawaiian. Those on those rolls that we That's had. I know what we're doing. I mean, yeah. I like I I know the deal on those. Like I know how to make them for the most part. Jamar Chase wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Travesty is going to be when Zach Taylor doesn't win Coach of the Year, but Travesty. I think he'll. I think I think he'll take where he's at. Travesty is going to be when Joe Burrow doesn't win MVP. <laughs> he'll have time. He'll have time. All right. Well, we're just kind of rambling around now. So, yeah. So, let's get yes. out of here. Enjoy the show, Aaron.
Enjoy the Super Bowl. Dave, safe travels to L.A. Bring back a winner. I'll do my best. If they don't win, it's not my fault. You've done all you can. I mean, I have this year. I mean, I'm pretty much responsible for the success of both collegiate and professional football teams in this city. You are. By, by attending their games. It's a cross you bear, and I'm glad you're uh, continuing. Proud, proudly. <laughs> All right, we'll see you Wednesday for stories from L.A. And uh, the Bearcats have two games between now and then. Saturday at Tulsa, at home, Tuesday night with the uh, throwbacks, the Cats uniforms against Memphis. So thanks to everybody for tuning in. He's Dave Simone, producer extraordinaire Aaron Smith behind the curtain. I'm Chad Brendel. Enjoy your time at the Holy Grail. Watching the Bengals win the Super Bowl. It's the BCJ podcast. Right here on BearcatJournal.com. <laughs>